put to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. <laughs> the Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Amen. Welcome. Bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. As is written, Blessed is he who comes in the name of Yarivave, the Lord. If you are new to scholarship and the way of the Holy Ghost and understanding the Word spiritually, like the angels, what does it mean to understand the Word? It means to understand it spiritually, like the angels. Simple as that. When you understand any concept in Scripture, it means you are angelic and working angelically in that area of your life. Psalms 103, He sends forth His Word, and His angels obey it. So your spirit is angelic. It's working in the invisible realm. Your natural man is often your enemy. You all know that. For a hundred years we've been preaching against the flesh in the Pentecostal church. And the flesh can be unholy or the flesh can be holy. The flesh can be wicked and used by hell or the flesh can be righteous and used by heaven. We want your flesh and your bloodlines and the souls of your flesh which is your base nature, but God gave you that flesh. We want it to be holy. We want it to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. No one ever beats up their body or beats up their flesh, but they nourish it, Apostle Paul says. Taking care of it, Apostle Paul says. So you want to take care of your cellular health life because you're not going to get another one. That's the one you got, and some people got a really, really awesome one in their own mind, and other people say, man, I got the short end of the stick. Well, look at Jesus. Jesus got the short end of the stick when it came to beauty and looks and, and all those things that people go after in the realm of the natural. The Bible says in Isaiah that there was nothing attractive about his natural appearance. There was nothing good-looking. He had nothing in the realm of the natural that you'd look at him and say, oh man, this is a talented, skillful artisan. Man, this is the king of Israel. The Bible says there was zero of that. The exact opposite. It was all based entirely on his soul, on his spirit, on his invisible man. Entirely. Not one aspect of Messiah's rulership was based on his natural man. It was all based on his spirit man. Which means it don't even matter so much of what you're given by your parents, your natural mom, your natural dad. What matters is what is given by God. So if you can get into God, you can get over whatever natural thing is holding you down. It's usually just strongholds of lies and things in the blood that your brain is so force-fed constantly in its thought life that you believe these things are true. A stronghold, 2 Corinthians 10.5, we tear down strongholds. 
A stronghold is a belief system that is not based on the truth of the angelic Word of God. A stronghold is something in the human being. There's no strongholds in any holy angel. Even the lowest-ranking angel in heaven has zero strongholds. They don't believe even a single lie because God is entirely their Father. Now, we human beings come out of all lies, and that's why we need a lot of teaching. We need a lot of understanding. We need a lot of help because there isn't a single truth about us as human beings. You know, that's Torah. I said in my astonishment that all human beings are 100% lies. So the issue is getting out of the human being into the living being, the light being. Hebrews 1.3, Jesus Christ is the exact representation of the light being, the Shekinah being, and He is the full outreign brilliance of the Father. So Jesus, the Word, is the salvation for liars and lies and strongholds and areas where your brain really believes the stuff passing over it and the mirages that it's experiencing is real. It's all magic. It is literally all mirages and it's all magic arts. For a person's consciousness to be stuck in the natural realm is 100% the curse of the fall. You can't be any more lost or fallen than having your mind on the outside of your body. That is the pinnacle of deception. Now, salvation begins with allowing divine intelligence to come inside you. What is written? Christ in you, the hope of realizing divine intelligence. The intelligence of the Father's light, which is the glory. God is glory. In Him there is no shadows or darkness at all. When the Bible says light every single time, it's dealing with the glory realms. Many, many, many glory realms. It's dealing with also the glory of the stars. It says in Romans that there is the glory of the animals, the glory of the plants, there's the glory of the human beings, there's the glory of the minerals, and there's the glory of the stars, and the glory of the stars varies from star to star in glory. It is written, now we need to attach all of our belief systems, not on the strongholds that we've had in our cultures, and our male and female nefesh identities, in our Hebrew and Greek identities, in our rich and poor identities, our identities in the flesh is the lie. Our identities in the realm of the natural is the practice of those who love the lie, who are still outside the city gates or outside the kingdom of their father. So therefore, we need to repent of all external identification with the things in our life that have to do with identity and let our identity be in Christ. Do you know who you are in Christ? Well, you read the Bible until your mind is washed in the water of the Word. Brainwash, bro. Yes, brainwash. You're already brainwashed by the entire curse of the fall by being born of woman. You'll need no training to just come out by that DNA programming from your parents of mom and dad that are fallen creatures. You don't need to rub it in. Honor your parents. But they're fallen creatures. That you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. 
fallen creatures. But you know what? There's hope for fallen creatures. Jesus Christ died on the cross for fallen creatures to become risen creatures. If we become the risen creatures that God intended us to be, we will no longer have an identity in our base nature. Our identity begins with the Word of God working in our hearts. What is sanctification? Sanctification that produces the glorification is the working of the Word of God that changes your identity from you being whatever you think you are. You're wrong. The Bible says, Jeremiah, before I formed you in the mother's womb, I knew you. Jeremiah had to deal with identity. So Jeremiah is preaching to himself. Just say, he's preaching to himself. He's preaching to himself. That's right. Jeremiah is preaching to himself in Jeremiah chapter 1. God is telling him, your identity is not just in your Jewish body down here in Israel. And it's not even in your prophetic office. Your identity is before I formed you in your mother's womb, I yadded you. I had intimate knowledge of you. I knew you. Hebrew word yada, which means to intimately know the inner makings of a spirit being, of an eternal creature. The Father knew you before He formed you in your mother's womb. Now, you're going to have to walk in forgiveness because the whole world has fallen. Doesn't mean you allow people to trample you underfoot. You don't purposely seek persecution. You don't need to be obnoxious. Just get into righteousness and you'll irritate them enough. Just get into wisdom and you will offend the hell out of everyone. Because the wisdom of this world is diabolical. Even the earthly Christian wisdom and the earthly Jewish wisdom is diabolical. You have to hate what God hates. Problem is, is you're all full of false love and it's like there's no hate in my life except when I'm alone by myself and I don't really love myself and I hate myself and I have a low image of myself and I look in the mirror and I'm like, how can God love a person like this? A lot of people struggle with low self-esteem big time. Well, good news. You take that low self-esteem creature, put it on the altar, burn it, and out of the ashes rises the new creature in Christ, not once, daily. So you have a daily resurrection. Every time you go to sleep, you actually experience a type of death. Sleep is a type of death, and don't stop sleeping. You need it. Because you're going to have to sleep. Even Jesus slept. But then when he raised from the dead, he's never slept since. He hasn't slept in 2,000 years. Because he's raised from the dead. But you're going to have to learn how to rise from the dead and overcome the sleep of death in you. You're going to have to confront the things in your heart and your mind that want you to stay sleeping and not listening, and not hearing, and not applying the Word of God to your hearts and minds, all that stuff in the natural realm, all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, that wants you to die. Satan wants you to die. The religious demon wants you to die. The greed demon wants you to die. The poverty demon wants you to die. All that is in the world is constructed by hell, to kill you. Truth anyhow. Don't sit there and say, well, there's goodness in the world. There's love in the world. Well, 
If there is love and goodness in the world, it came down in the container of the Word of God. There is no manifestation of heaven that has ever reigned upon this earth except through the container of the Word. Is it oral Word? Is it written Word? It's both. But even the spoken Word of God, like what I'm speaking to you tonight, only comes from the written Word. So the written Word is king. Is the oral tradition king? I'd say the oral tradition is Lord. I would say the written Word is king. King of kings and Lord of lords. Why? Because Revelation 19 says it is written on his thigh. It's written. So there's a written word and there's a spoken word and you're going to need them both because they're both Shekinah. One's based on the sun, the other's based on the moon. One's a reflection, the other one's a writing. Why? Because it's the writing and the inscriptions of God's design in the creation of the world that is the Torah structure that we are currently existing in. You are existing inside a structure of the written word. What about all these demons? What about all the wrongdoing in the sin? It'll be obliterated. When you get into the written word, you'll obliterate it in yourself first. So you won't just be a complainer and a murmurer or a gossiper or a backbiter and someone that's just got all kinds of problems, but a person that has all kinds of solutions. See, the more words you have in you, the more answers you have for everything wrong in you and around you. But you first have to deal with this temple. Okay, the new covenant is your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The old covenant was we go into Solomon's temple. Well, the Babylonians destroyed Solomon's temple about 2,600 years ago. Herod's temple was not a legitimate temple. God the Father did not commission it. It was entirely illegitimate. There is no second temple. There is no third temple. There is one temple, Solomon, and then there's the new covenant, God's original design, the temple of your bodies, not made with human hands, but God's own handiwork. The hand of the Father knit your sinews together, your flesh and bones and your bloodlines, it is written, were knit together by God. God is the creator of the final temple. Now the religionists and the stuff under the sun, they'll say, well, let's build another temple, let's build this, let's do that. You know, it'll be like the days of Noah. In the days of Noah, they were building all kinds of stuff. You can study the pre-Diluvian times and discover there's pyramids all over the world under the oceans that are still sunk at the bottom of the sea. God obliterated all the religion in the world in the days of Noah. What is he doing today? He is absolutely destroying religion a second time on a universal level. And don't just think it's going to be under the sun and it's not just going to be done by people walking around the sand who are on fire for God, so to speak. It will be from the high heavens. It'll be from realms you can't even possibly understand the concepts of. The judgments that will come down will not make sense to your human brains. 
You're going to have to trust God, as it's written, that His judgments are good. If you cannot trust the Holy Ghost, the blood of the Lamb, the wrath of the Lamb, the resurrected cosmic apostles, the resurrected cosmic prophets, those walking on sapphire pavement, if you cannot trust the judgment that comes down by the oral Torah from their mouths descending like light rain on tender mown grass to trim all that needs to be pruned, you say, well, the Father is the vine dresser. The Father only lives inside temples. Okay? The Father only lives inside His people. He has built a house to dwell in, it is written. How many of y'all know we're called the body of Christ? What is Christ? The very oil of the Father. Christ means the anointing. Well, whose anointing is it? Is, did Jesus anoint Himself? Not once. He said, My Father sent me. I'm here on My Father's accord. The anointed one was anointed by God, the Father. Therefore, His house and His anointing is what we are becoming possessed with. The issue is, what did Jesus say? He revealed every other father working and fathering in the land through His apostolic ministry. He'd go around and reveal who their fathers were. And what did they say? Our father is Abraham. If Abraham was your father, you'd love me. If Jesus Christ was your God, you'd love me. If God was your father, you'd love the prophetic. You'd love the sapphire pavement. You'd love sun Torah righteousness. You'd love the, the house that Moses built and how he has given us all the luminaries thousands of years ago as a covenant promise. You'd love it. The fact that so few are enjoying it, so few are enthused by it, so few are even participating in it, shows and reveals that their father is not, in fact, Yadivave. Now, Jesus Christ said it would be like the days of Noah, so it means that everyone's getting fathered by the fallen angels. Are Christians fathered by the fallen angels? Well, test every spirit, for not everyone is sent from God, it is written. Not everyone who confesses Jesus is really a disciple. Not everyone that confesses Jesus Christ really even cares how the Father feels today. People that are only lovers of self will arise in the end times. They'll have the guise of Christianity. They'll come in and they'll pretend to be lovers of Jesus. They'll come in and they'll have all the right terminology. They'll sound like you. They'll dress like you. They'll talk like you. They'll walk with you. But their hearts are of a different kingdom. So God wants to awaken hearts. What is a heart not awakened? A heart that's not awakened to the living sapphires of the Word of God is a heart still dead in a different kingdom. To be sleeping is to be in a different kingdom than the kingdom that is fully awake. And you are awake by the prophetic word. You cannot awaken by any other 
substance. Can you awaken yourself? No. You can't. You can't beat yourself into a frenzy. There's not enough caffeine in the world to wake you up. It don't even matter what natural thing except for one thing. God's Word. The Spirit awakens through God's Word. So you can tell the ones sleeping that have no hunger for the Bible. Right? Truth in here. The ones that are not desiring for their inner man to have more energy. Because these two kingdoms are at conflict. The sleeping heart fights the awakened heart. And they're both invisible. And oftentimes, the undiscerning and the unwise can't tell the difference. But you know what the difference is? Their diet. How hunger, how hungry they are for righteousness. How much they want to the Spirit of God, the Spirit of glory, to eat all the death off their spirit. How willing they are to give the consciousness of self, the human intelligence that is the worldly wisdom that God hates, how willing are they to give their intellect and reasoning of their carnal, unrenewed mind to the fire of the intelligence of the burning word, the Lamb on the throne, the Lion of the tribe of Judah that is able to open seven seals, not externally, internally, for the heart to begin to digest and hear and understand the Scriptures. It's a sealed letter. What's the evidence of a sealed letter? Controversies, strife, jealousy, unrighteous judgment, rebellion, sexual immorality, greed, covetousness, poverty, sickness, disease, many of these things that come upon people, like it says, because you don't understand communion, this is why the enemies come on you. You don't understand communion with the Word. The bread and the wine represent eating God's Word into your spirit. So we teach about the sapphire stones. Each sapphire stone is a realm of God's Word. If you have not come to the place in the earth to awaken to the Word so that the glory of God is burning you and your flesh, your blood, your soul, your brain, your intelligence, your culture, your identity, your anatomy, your bloodline, everything familiar to you, all your conveniences, all your comforts, all your cares, hopes, plans, desires, of you as a human being? What is written on the forehead? Humanity. Study the Scriptures. What was written on their foreheads, the lost that were opposing John on Patmos, the apostate church that was not exiled on account of the Word of God, they're not exiled at all. They're just totally apostate. They stopped being persecuted. Turned Christianity into Rome. That's what they did. They turned it into Christianity of Rome. And it was the most diabolical thing of all time. And there's nothing redeemable about it. There's nothing redeemable about it. I tell you the truth. Not one thing built by humanity will stand in the days ahead. 
These floods are the floods of the fire of the righteousness of the Word of God that are coming under the sun by those who have healed the luminaries above the sun. Whether you ever rise or not doesn't matter. It matters to your salvation, to your house. But this is a sovereignty of God upon you. And don't let that frustrate you. Let that save you. Let it be an urgency where it didn't matter what people said or gossiped about or hurled insults at Noah. Angels were going to build the ark nevertheless. There's a hundred million people around Noah in those days. Scholars says there's a billion people on the planet. One billion. And they were all out there doing stuff. And they all were in disagreement towards the one. For this is a majority of one who's with the Father's angels, building what the Father's building. And of course, it's unbelievable to the unbelievers that have no faith in God whatsoever because they're fallen, being instructed by demons, gross darkness everywhere, learning how to make alcohol, learning how to make pharmakia, learning how to make weapons of war, learning how to make money, learning how to go after all the pleasures of the flesh, and all the delights that the fallen angels fell from heaven for? What do you think they were doing? The days of Noah was all the delights that the fallen angels wanted when they saw Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, but they couldn't have because they were not for that part of the creation. That's why all the angels fell, guys. So what did they do before the flood? They indulged in all those pleasures that God did not create for them. And even Michael and Raphael and Gabriel were astonished at the severity of the judgment that went forth from the throne of the one like a son of man. It was so severe that even Archangel Michael was astonished by it. It is written. Which means what they had dove into, because they had gotten into something that was not for that part of creation, It was not for the angels. Those secrets came from God and they taught them to their sons so that the fallen angels could delight in the sons of darkness and the daughters of wickedness, the sons of immorality, the daughters of immorality. That's why devils exist, to indulge in the pleasures that they were not supposed to have because they were made for the holy matrimony of Adam and Eve in the garden of God's glory. Understand reality. So those indulging for things that God has forbidden for you are exactly like the fallen angels and are a part of the fallen angel system. And it doesn't matter. There's no justifying it. There's no excuse. Are you obedient to the instructions of the Holy Spirit upon your souls today? There needs to be a desperation for repentance right now. It's the wisest place to be for all the nations of the earth. There needs to be an absolute desperation to get back into what the Father created you for. Nothing more, nothing less. Not someone else. Not me. You, what he made you for, get in your position and be the best at it. Many members of the body of Christ, it is written. Amen. You're not all the head. Shall the foot say to the head, why did you make me like this? No, you can't walk without a foot. Okay. Shall the hand say to the leg, 
Oh, I'm better than you. No, you need them both. So is the body divided only temporarily because of circumcisions of heart and mind. Soon, as the flashing sword of the Garden of Eden completely obliterates the divisions that the fallen angels sowed as bad seed. Remember Jesus Christ? He said, a sower will come, he will sow seed, and then after that, the enemy will sow seed. So first comes the good seed of the kingdom. And this seed represents the teachings of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. After Messiah Jesus Christ, if you know church history, you had every diabolical teaching. They were putting themselves up on 40-foot poles and having all kinds of sticks to bring food up to them on, when they'd sit on these poles up there and they would just sit up there and let all the elements rain on them and they'd be like, oh, I'm really, really spiritual now because I'm so depriving my body. See, we got into every goofy demonic influence of religiosity during the Christian church age and beyond anything you could ever imagine because you can't even begin to describe it. Not even all the books in the world could contain all the wrongdoing that's been done in Christianity. You know what? Wrath of the Lamb is the obliteration of all of it. Wrath of the Lamb, and it's not a bad thing. It's a cleansing, a cleaning thing. We need it. We need everything of the church washed in crystal clear living water of God's word. What is the the water? What is the crystal clear? What is the sparkling of the river? It is the manifestation of the true Torah of the rabbi of God the Father. God the Father is a great rabbi. Rabbi means teacher, right? God doesn't make anything below except what first exists above in the angelic realm of the invisible, of the invisibility. The invisible realm is eternal, but the natural visible realm is temporal. It is written. Therefore, that eternal invisible realm of God the Father is the real realm that created the the rabbinical teaching system. Amen? So you understand, if you have it in Scripture, Rabbi is written in there thousands of times. Teacher, teacher, Rabbi. If you have it below in the written word, it's because it previously, before it was written on earth, was written in heaven. That's the definition of Scripture. Scripture is God-breathed. Where's God? 1 John 5, in heaven. The Father is not on earth. He's not under the Son. Zero. Okay? Read the Bible. That's what it says. The Father is zero parts under the Son. 100% above the Son. For it to be Scripture, I mean, it came out of the Father above the Son, where He dwells, in his kingdom, they will live inside the kingdom of their father, shining forth like the sun at noon day. Which means they will begin to understand the original design and the teachings of God the Father like a rabbi. Therefore, all of the copying down below will be the good copying, the good mirror reflections of the Father above. The Bible says, copy your Father in heaven. Ephesians 5, verse 1. Like well-beloved children, copycat their Father. It says, imitate or copycat. Which means you're not an original. 
and you never will be. Get over it. It's all demons. The Father's the original, and you will copycat the aspects out of your Father in heaven that He created you to be. You'll be different than other parts of His creation. You know that by your fingerprints, right? Okay, so you'll all be different, but you will never reflect anyone different than the Father. That's what makes Him Father. He's the designer. He's the creator of everything. So if you begin to reflect anything except Him, you go into hell. If you begin to have ideas in your head, that's what all temptations are. If you begin to think thoughts in your head, you begin to come into judgment and criticism towards the teaching, this teaching is a little off. No, the teaching of the Father in heaven is perfect. The issue is, it has to come down through the circumcisions of those who have ascended into heaven. Okay? Real Christians. Real Christians that have ascended into heaven. He who descended is the same one who ascended to the right hand of God. And they shall be called the angel-like children of the resurrection, Luke chapter 20. Which means a real disciple ascends in the exact same way Jesus Christ ascended. Every day. Bob Jones says, I got raptured five times a day. So he said, he said, there is no rapture, but you can get raptured five times a day. It means you go up into heaven. That's where you get your angels. That's where you get your teaching. That's where you get your Torah. That's where you get everything. God is the God of everything in heaven. Isaiah 33 calls that realm the fortress of the Father's stones. It's called the fortress, Isaiah 33, fortress of God's sapphire stones. It says a fortress of rocks and their water shall be permanent. But we know what kind of rocks he's talking about. God doesn't build with dead rocks. What is written? He builds with living rocks, living stones. What is a living rock? A diamond that is alive with the Word. What makes something alive or dead is if it's sapphire. Does it mean that they're all sapphires? No, it's not like that. It's not like the earthly jewelers. You're wrong. What makes it sapphire is a definition that is alive, emanating God's Word. They're not all sapphires. Read the Bible. There's Cornelius, there's rubies, there's emeralds, there's topaz, all those gemstones written in Revelation, but they're all sapphires. Because sapphire is a prophetic term that means the stone is alive. We go into the final quest. It's simple. Everyone's read that book. You need to read it. It'll help you big time. Because when they go inside the mountain, there's all kinds of different gemstones in the mountain of the Lord. And that mountain is God the Father. And you go into the Father. And what happens in the Father? You begin to mine gemstones. You mine revelation. You begin to understand the depths of what is in Yadevavhe. The one God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the Father of Jesus Christ. And every other God be cursed to hell in Jesus' name. Amen. And when you go into the one true God, He wants to reveal Himself to you in a way that makes you like Him. Not a way that keeps you a human being, so you, you're still in control of your life and you're the Lord of your own house and you make all the decisions. And No, you, He wants you to come to a place where you're like Jesus. 
where you call your father master, where you call your father your everything, and I do nothing except what I see my father doing. Well, that seems like controlling. No, it's the only liberating freedom you'll ever potentially have if you can sacrifice the rebellion of the human being. What you deal with when people begin to face these levels of sacrifice is rebellion at a DNA level a lot of you are not even aware is in there. You can't even imagine how bad the DNA corruption is on the human beings under 6,000 years of programmed fallen angel sorcery since the Tower of Babel. God purposely made the flesh worthless, as worthless as all of hell. He did. So that you would cling to Jesus as a Savior entirely more each day as you receive revelations. Not so you're more independent of Him, but that you're more dependent of Him. We are the passive, dependent recipients of salvation. It is true. What did Jesus Christ say? John 15, Apart from me you can do nothing. Apart from this vine you can bear no fruit, but stay attached to the vine. What is the vine? Vine represents blood, a bloodline. Grapes in Jewish culture represented a bloodline. The blood of Jeshurun is a common phrase in the Old Testament. So when you're t- speaking of grapes and the drunken glory goofballness, they usually say, oh, joy, 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 joy. That's actually quite rare. That's not usually what it's talking about in the Bible, in context. When the grapes are mentioned in Scripture, it's referring to a person's blood. 100% of the time. That's why it says you drink from other tables and altars of demons, which means they were participating with the the gods of other bloodlines in 1 Corinthians. You're drinking from the cups of demons, it is written, which means you're going into other bloodlines. So there's only one bloodline that's legal, the blood covenant of Jesus Christ. The evidence that you're tapping into that blood is self-sacrifice, not just obedience, but the glory of God. Sanctification always produces glory. If you are truly being pruned by the circling sword of Jesus Christ, the Word of God, in the power of the Holy Ghost, the emanations of Shekinah will begin to pour through your souls of blood, guaranteed. If the light of His glory is not radiating through the soul of your blood, the nefesh of your blood, you're not doing it right. You don't know what you're doing. You're probably hurting yourself with the priesthood tools. Priesthood tools are all dangerous weapons, if you know the Bible, and you think that changed in the New Testament. They're more dangerous in the New Testament. They're more dangerous in the New Covenant. You have fiery tongues, you have the, the cords of the altar, you have the, the fire itself, you have the altar itself, and you have the sacrificial dagger, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, that divides bones from marrow, that divides souls from spirits, and that brings judgment into the depths of your spirit man's thought life. Hebrews 4.12, it is written, Therefore, now we're working in the angelic arena 100% of the time in the New Covenant. 
And those that work in the mere flesh, in the natural arena, are the demonic 100% of the time. If it's not any deeper than the skin, that person under their skin is a whitewashed tomb 100% of the time. But if the person is entirely behind the skin and maybe a little rough in the skin dimension and the dimension of skins, the natural dimension, kind of like Moses and all the prophets, they're a little rough. Why? Because they're entirely in the invisible world. Dealing with the invisible world in here today is a little rough. Be honest with you. It's not easy for me. There's a lot of resistance. But the skin natural dimension, you could have a refined person, a, a educated doctor of divinity come in here and give a refined speech that would just be amazing, but they would never touch the invisible world. It would be entirely garbage and demonic. What makes prophecy powerful? It's entirely working in the invisible world and through the word, even though it's not always the best presentation, and it's not always as nice as the false teachers and the false preachers and the false apostles and false prophets with all of their flowing robes, so to speak, with all their suits and ties, so to speak, and with all the refined ministries, so to speak. I tell you the truth, what is done in the invisible is priceless. What is done in the visible is is less valuable. You can put a price on it. Everything in the, the visible, you can put a price on it. How much? How much? How much? Yeah, buying and trading and, and selling, right? And that's not all bad. It just means it's temporal. Do not store up and invest in the natural, but in the supernatural, that your rewards would be great in heaven, Jesus Christ, red letters. That doesn't mean empty your bank account and be an idiot. No, you're going to have to be instructed in wisdom in all things. You're going to have to have wisdom in money. You're going to have to have wisdom in the marketplace. Jacob and Boaz, Solomon's temple, is the dominance of the Torah, the Word of God, and the sun and the moon and the stars of Torah, and the whole of creation of Torah, dominating all the priesthood, which is all religion, and all the marketplace, which is all money. For the silver and gold belong to Yadevave, and that's just the Old Testament, because in the New Testament, it says the same exact thing in Revelation 5. All the riches belong to Jesus Christ, and go ahead and twitch a little bit and get those poverty demons cursed out of you. You need it. If you are not attacking poverty demons in your bloodlines, you're not growing in Christ. The riches are in the glory. Is it prosperity? It's not poverty. Is it greed? Zero greed. Is it covetousness? Zero covetousness. Is it righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost? 100% of the time. And it is great riches if you have much godliness with contentment. Great gain. It is written. So we need the wisdom that's more precious than rubies, more valuable than sapphires. It is written. What is that wisdom? The word working in your souls. What is the word working in your souls? Sanctification. Do you know what an apostle means? That term means special messenger. And if you study it out in the Amplified Classic, every time it's used, it means consecrated or sanctified. You know, he wants you all apostolic. doesn't mean you're all going to be apostles because you won't 
function in that office, but you can all be apostolic. You know what it means to be apostolic? Consecrated. A special messenger producing a consecrated people that live in the heavenly glory. Now that's sound doctrine. You can even put that on God TV and it won't be controversial. What's controversial? Kabbalah? No, Kabbalah is just the interpretation of Scripture at a cosmic level. There's nothing controversial about Kabbalah. Ask any Jew in the world. It's like no one even flinches. The reason why Christians manifest that because they're not even in Christianity. It's not even Messianic Judaism. If they were still true to their Jewish roots as Christians or Christ ones, Messianic ones, Kabbalah would not be a thing that causes you to flinch. It just reveals that most of the Christianity is a created pagan religion out here. A created pagan religion. Kabbalah was sound doctrine for all the high priests for thousands of years. Without Kabbalah, there's no mountain, there's no angels, there's no resurrection, there's no oral tradition, there's no mysteries, there's no secrets, there's no high priesthood. (laughs) You're just stuck with skin-level dirt religion. So, of course, those that practice the occult, as it's written by Moses, the occult has been my rival. You know what a rival is out here every day in this apostolic ministry? One thing. The occult in the guise of Christianity, and a lot of it's rebellion too. You deal with everything under the sun, and the only thing good under the sun is someone who's been baked in the word of the sun. Someone who allows the word of the sun, the sun righteousness of Torah, the word of the Father, to bake them in true glory light. And their blood is a different type covering their forehead, so their thought life is consecrated. They're sanctified and holy to Yad who is the Lord. Who is the Lord? Yad Where does he dwell? Inside his fortress of sapphire stones. Where are you going? The word is going to consecrate you. The word is going to sanctify you to live inside the Father's house. Jesus taught on the word for the entire chapter of Matthew 13. Then he says, afterwards, in teaching about the scriptures and how to read and understand the Bible, for an entire chapter called Matthew 13, then he says, they shall shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their Father. So what is the gates of God? angelic interpretation of Scripture. What are the gates of hell that shall not prevail? Who are the murderers of the prophets? Who are the murderers of the Messiah? Who are the murderers of the apostles? Do you know church history? Religionists. Self-righteous people that said their interpretation was right and the prophets, the apostles, and even the Messiah himself, his interpretation is right heresy, heretic. This man has made himself equal to God. This man has called himself the Messiah. Your scriptures say many Mashiachs shall come from Zion. And the first born amongst many comes and they killed him. That's how far off they were. Imagine when a thousand Mashiachs come from Zion. You know, Obadiah chapter 1 says that, that many Mashiachs Many Christs, 
many messiahs and we're just like, oh, the false Christ will come. Many Christ saying that there are the Christ. No, the issue is, are you coming from the sapphire stones of the Father's house? Or are you just coming from darkness? See, that fear and paranoia is the evidence of the uncircumcision of your mind that your head is under the evil one. The evil one tricks you through fear and paranoia to not receive teaching. And you reject the teaching because it's weird to what you've been taught by demons. It's weird by what you've been taught from human beings. To be taught of human beings is the same as being taught by demons in the Bible. If you're taught of human beings, you might as well just study the occult. That's truly what the Bible says. You might as well just be a warlock. If you're taught of human beings because you're dead, learning from the dead. And it's the dead burying the dead. Truth anyhow. You must be taught of God. What is written? They shall all be taught of God. In a future tense? No. For 2,000 years of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in all flesh. You haven't had a different spirit. The Holy Ghost has been here equally everywhere, omnipresent, poured out on all flesh, the Bible says, for 2,000 years. The issue is you disagreed with Him. What the Holy Spirit's saying today, I can't agree with that. It's heretical. I'm going to go listen to some false love. I'm going to go get into some other teaching of itching ears. Something easier. This is a hard teaching, they said. Who can even hear it? Right? So the teaching that the Holy Spirit brings is a hard teaching to human ears. Who can even hear it, they said. If you're here hearing it, usually you've gone through the gauntlet and you've understood a few things that there's a lot of human teaching out there that pretends to be inspired. We need teaching that is written from sapphire stones. We need the teaching of Write down exactly what you see according to what is above. We need speak exactly what is being spoken above. What what are the angels talking about in heaven today? Angelic instruction, which is the leadership of all the prophets from Genesis to Revelation in the Bible, as is written, the law was given through angels. Acts chapter 7, it is written. The angelic instruction that comes from God the Father's throne is the teaching for today. Oh, God only, brother, no angels. No. Angels are the realms of ten worlds that separate you on earth from God in the eternity of eternities. Which means you will have to go through the angels to inherit salvation, Hebrews says. He sends angels to be ministering spirits to help you inherit salvation. So if you read the Bible, it means there's no salvation for anyone under the sun unless they're helped by angels. When was the last time you had angelic help? Is it just a figment of your imagination? Or are you still into self-help? Do you understand it's a covenant of faith? Faith is the invisible world of the angels. That's the dimension you prioritize your entire life, your entire business, your entire family, your entire existence your entire ministry, if there is any priority other than that invisible realm, it is a wasted building venture that will be demolished like Herod's temple. I want to tell you again, 
Herod's temple took 40 years to build, cost the equivalent today of 40 billion U.S. dollars. Jesus said not one dollar or one sweat of their eyebrow went to God. 100% of it went to Molech. That's written in the New Testament a few times. That there was not one dollar of that 40 billion, 40 year building structure of all the covenant race of all, there was no Christianity. So all the Christians were Jews. That's so all the Jews. So every tithe, every offering, every donation, everything that they did in their whole Jewish covenant religion. Jesus said none of it went to God, that it all went to Molech. Right? That's what the Bible says. It all went to the devil. Therefore, I think we need to learn from church history to make sure we're not serving buildings under the sun, but we're serving the building of the Father above the sun, lest we are not even in Christianity at all, but in the occult. Do you understand that? To not be in the Father's house above the sun, for they shall shine in the Father's kingdom, Jesus Christ, Matthew 13. If you are not building the Father's house above the sun where He is, all your Christianity under the sun, the teacher says, is meaningless, meaningless, a chasing after the wind, and it's occult. It's the servant, the service, and the servants of demons. So we say, well, that really, yeah, that's everyone. Why? The Bible says it's everyone. In Revelation, it says, the potent sorcery of Babylon the Great deceived all nations. Nations there means all flesh. So everyone's brain in the, in the entire world was deceived. Guess whose brain in the entire world was not deceived? Jesus Christ. Are you saying that all the prophets and apostles before you were deceived? I'm saying Jesus Christ is the only truth. And every prophet and apostle has had a portion of Jesus Christ inside their body, the temple of the Holy Ghost. And that part of them is God. It's not lesser part of God. It's literally God. It's the substance of God, God. That's God, 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 God. You can't get more God than that. It's the Word working with manifestations of glory and power, signs, miracles, and wonders following. So God has been working in His people. How many of y'all know He's an ever-increasing glory? Now He's not just going to be a down payment of future glory. Holy Spirit is just a deposit of the future glory. It is written. Now it's going to be a people that have ascended the path of Enoch, understanding Torah, which is all creation, God's creation, obliterating the sorcerers of all the sorceries of stolen sun, moon, and light and stars. As it's written, the sun shall no longer strike them. Why? Because they've gained the sun. They've possessed the sun. Now it's sun of righteousness instead of sun of wickedness. The luminaries get healed, Enoch says. The luminaries are not healed unless... God's covenant race, the born-again Christian race, born of spirit and water, stand on those luminaries. You stand on the earth, but you can't heal the earth because of design unless you're on the sun. And you keep going higher. I guess the higher you go, the faster you'll heal things down below. It's like the days of Noah. 
Noah, a preacher of righteousness, raised the standard and drowned the world. How high did he raise his standard? Bible says he preached for 65 years. 65 years of teaching righteousness. He preached all the way up to the very gates of heaven where the fallen angels cannot enter. And then all of the rungs of the path of Enoch, because Enoch had already ascended, right? Were all washed and obliterated with physical waters and the earth was in boiling waters so that no flesh could survive. The, the water was boiling so hot that all flesh boiled. Truth and now. So these will be like the days of Noah, not just in the waters of the Word, but the heat and the intensity of the brightness of the Word. The sun will be seven times brighter and the moon shining like the sun, Isaiah says. That speaks of a people who begin to practice the righteousness of Torah from the luminaries. Therefore, in the possessing of the sun, the sun no longer strikes with wickedness. A lot of the different accidents and things that have happened in your life have happened by different things that have come from the luminaries and planetary systems, constellations, timelines, and ten different forms of of sorceries mentioned in Torah that the evil one taught the descendants of Ishmael and descendants of Esau and also many Christians. Rome. Rome was the planting of a reed of Gabriel, if you study Jewish history. And the whole existence of the city of Rome was in the rebellion against God. The foundations of that city are the foundations of Samael, the serpent rider. And all sorcery and sin is serpentine in nature. And that was the same fallen angel that tempted Eve in the Garden of Eden to sin. And his city, he was given a city because of his wrongdoing and because of rebellion. And that city today is called Rome. Truth anyhow. I tell you the truth. All those buildings. And you say, well, we demolish Rome. Well, you're going you're gonna to wash all the cities of the world and possess cities you didn't build. Right? So it's not just the days of Noah, it's like the days of Noah, but it's also like the inheritance of Canaan and the promised land. You will go and possess houses you didn't build. You will go and drink from vineyards you didn't plant. What does it mean to possess houses? Prophetically in 2023, possess cities. You didn't build Minneapolis, you just live here. Freemasons built Minneapolis, if you know history. Freemasons built Washington, D.C., they built New York, they built all the roads and the highways, all the infrastructure. Almost every first world nation on this planet was built by sorcerers in secret societies that have an understanding of the ways of the fallen angels. And they just call them angels. It's true. And it's been around for hundreds of years. And before Freemasonry, there was all kinds of other sorceries. But the organized sorcery that we're battling in these days is Freemasonry for males and Daughters of the Eastern Star for for females, which is organized sorcery of all first world nations. This isn't conspiracy. It's simply understanding the ability of Esau, the ability and the inheritance of Ishmael, and the mark of Cain. And it's not even complicated. It's simply using what the fallen angels inherited in the, in the fall of Adam and Eve. 
And if you were a devil, you'd use it too, because that's all you get. And the devil knows his time is short. He knows he knows he has a timeline too. So if you wonder why they're so wicked and evil, because they, these things are apparent to them. Well, most Christians don't understand sorcery to save their lives. They're underneath the spells of the sorcerers, called magic spells. Outside the Father's dominion of his sapphire stone fortress, right, heavenly Jerusalem, are the practitioners of the magic arts, all the sorceries of the fallen angels, all the sorcerers of Laban, all the sorceries of Ishmael, which is Islam, all the sorceries of Esau, which is false Judaism, those who say they're Jews, but they're actually occultists, Satanists, Jesus Christ, letters of Revelation. But that's not Israel. That's not the inheritance of Israel. It's not the 12 tribes of Israel. That is Esau. Esau is not a Jew. Esau made a covenant with all of hell, including a covenant with Samael, the serpent rider. In fact, I believe it was when Esau made a covenant with Samael is when Rome was planted or something like that. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Mm. We'll come back to that one. Obadiah and Nahum yesterday opened up with saying, Obadiah, Yadeh is good. That's Nahum 1.7. Nahum 1.7. I'm still diving into scholarship. So be gracious towards me because I live under the skin in the invisible world and it's very, very bright in here. Just because I might get the book wrong sometimes, inside the book is the Lamb's life. All right, understand that. I'll refine it so it's a, it's better for all of you Pharisees watching. You have a hard, easier time for taking notes and stuff like that. I'm not used to being preached to. Well, there's preaching and there's teaching, and they're completely different. There's the preaching of righteousness, this. Then there's the teaching of righteousness. You know what you guys need? You need some preaching. Rebecca's busy with administration and scholarship. My job in my office is mainly preaching. I'm a preacher. Jesus Christ came to earth. What was he called? What did the Bible call him? A preacher. A preacher. The Messiah is a preacher. Righteousness is a preacher. What preaching does is it imparts, it's not just all the analytical, reasonable stuff that you can calculate like a math class. We like that stuff too. And I'm not making, I like, I need that. I need more of that. I need structure. I need teaching. You need all that. You need it mapped out. You need it organized. You need the administration of justice. You need the administration of the order of righteousness, which is Melchizedek. You need that understanding. You need it working perfectly as a mechanism, as a kingdom. But you also need the preaching where it's time you just take all this stuff and just smear it all over your heads and just get completely smeared. The word smeared there is anointed in Scripture. To be smeared with the anointing. To be smeared with righteousness. Where you're not just in the, the logical, reasonable part of your brain. You're getting smeared by righteousness. Because you're so stuck in your own consciousness, you need to get smeared out of your consciousness into the consciousness of Jesus Christ, which is His mind. Getting out of your mind into His mind. What does the Bible say? If I'm out of my mind, it's for the smeared one, the anointed one. If I'm in my mind, it's for you. But if I'm out of my mind, it's for Yadevave. We want to be for Yadevave and not man pleasers. 
Therefore, we're out of our mind, not in just a senseless, you know, gaping, idiotic state of stupor. You're not out of your mind like idiots. You're out of your mind in the Father like angels. So it's not just being out of your mind like when you're on drugs, like total rebellious idiots. It's not just stupidity. It is an actual wisdom. When you're out of your mind and it's for Christ, that means you're practicing a supernal wisdom, a wisdom from above, the intelligence of the angels, the menorah is blazing of the seven spirits of God through the heavens, through the vav, through the sephirot, that the realms and the rungs of the holy angels are emanating the word that they work on. What is a station in a post of an angel? Jude says, in those days, angels left their posts. What is a post of an angel? It is an assignment of a good Holy Spirit, an angel spirit that loves Jesus Christ, that loves God, that loves you, that loves the saints, that hates the devil. This Holy Spirit, this holy angel is stationed on an attribute and character quality of the word of God. You will never find a holy angel outside of God's word. Never. But if you go into the Word by the Holy Ghost and the blood and the water and get washed and get out of all of your edumacation and get into His education, if you get out of your wisdom and hate your wisdom and get into His wisdom and love His wisdom, you begin to experience angelic intelligence. Here's the issue. We often put the Scriptures and the things of God into the human being. It breaks the system. That's why mental illness is higher in Christianity than it is outside of Christianity. You don't understand how to even use the word yet. Angel flash right there. He wants to deal with mental illness. The reason why people are crazy, insane, psychopaths, bipolar, schizophrenics everywhere, double-minded, unstable in all their ways, they don't know how to kill the animal. They're clinging to the animal. Outside the city gates are the cowards. Cowards will often not want to sacrifice parts of the human being that are cursed, demon-possessed, demonized. They're either demonized above or they're demonized below, but you're demonized. If it's not cut off of you and circumcised off of you in your heart, in your mind, in your bones, in your marrow, that's an area where the curse of the fall is working. Any area where the curse of the fall is working is an area where you are demonized. So you have to wage the good Christian warfare, understand that he will give you grace, which is divine energy, to get that stuff obliterated out of you. But if you settle for that stuff, it's like the festering of maggots. For the liar, Belial, he plants maggots. He doesn't plant flies. One of his names is Beelzebub in scripture. That means father of flies, lord of flies, father of lies. That's what it means. But he doesn't plant flies. He plants seeds. These are the seeds of the evil one and the sower sowing seeds. So the reason why those things come in, you entertain those thoughts. As it's written, Father, protect them from the evil one. Guard them in your truth. Your word is truth. John 17. If you are not guarding your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth, and your feeling gates from the evil one and his 200 million demons that are trying to kill you, those eggs will get in. 
Now, those eggs can burn up in a, in a furnace of Torah. That's why we go to Scripture. A lot of you, when it's hard to pass a membrane in Scripture, it's because those eggs have hatched. And hell is actually fathering whole areas of your soul. So he's the father of lies. How does a person have lies or flies? They tolerated the evil one. Any thought that was imparted by the evil one is hell fathering your soul. You can't have any of that in you. It has to all be cursed. You have to attack that stuff. That's why when I say curse your poverty spirits, your lives depend on it. When I say curse your religious spirits and attack these things with your mouth and start cursing your own familiar spirits, there is no other way. If you don't attack the flies, the lies, the 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 strongholds, the roots of how that stuff got in through your senses, how your heart was emotionally connected to that stuff, and all the different idols and sexual morality that a person's heart and mind are attached to in the invisible world. Sexual morality is false love. It's your heartstrings attached to anything, any idol, any altar that's not the living Father. You know what I mean? It's, this is not like a complicated standard. This is the first commandment. Have no other gods besides me. Here's the issue. Since they're all invisible, you don't know their gods. Since they're all invisible, you don't know their idols. So what is the prophetic? The prophetic illuminates your gods. What is written? These are your Elohim. These are your gods. Is showing them the golden calf. They were building the gods of Egypt. Came right out of their hearts. <laughs> As for this Moses, we don't know where he's gone. He's abandoned us. Therefore, the God of Moses, we're done with him. Let's build our own gods. Now we're really into religion. Let's build our own Jesus down here in the sand. The Jesus that Moses was talking to on the mountain, he's disappeared. Isn't that how it is? When you're disconnected from the Shekinah of the moon and the glory of the sun righteousness and the stars above the sun, the path of lightnings, the path of the angels, when you're disconnected from the actual connection to the Father's throne, the path of lightnings, you will see Nathaniel, angels ascending and descending. Well, that's where you're going to see. You're going to see them through the moon, the sun, and the stars. It's written in the scriptures a lot. But if you're disconnected and you don't know how to connect with God, you all you do down here is default to building your own gods. They've built millions of their own Jesuses. They've built millions of their own Holy Spirits. They've built millions of their own interpretation of the New Testament. Millions. I mean, it's the most out of control thing you've ever seen in your life. It's the pinnacle of Babylon the Great. It's the pinnacle of the whore of Babylon. And it's all going to be obliterated. Not in a anger and a wrath, but in the goodness. In a Nahum 1.7, Yadevave is good. You know what's going to come? The goodness of the realm of the Father that people under the sun don't even know about. You think he's stressed out or angry? No, he's excited to rain on you. It's about to rain. It's about to rain the word through the entire sun, through the entire moon, upon the entire earth of souls of blood. And people are just going to be blown away. Like, what is this? This is God. This is Yarevave. This is the God of Moses. This is the God of Jesus Christ. This is the God of Mount Zion. This is the God of creation. 
This is the, the result of the works of Jesus Christ and the apostles of the Lamb. And this is the fruit of all the works of the Holy Spirit behind the skins in the invisible world for thousands of years. Holy Spirit brooding mother hen, brooding over the chaos in Genesis 1. The Holy Spirit's been working continuously since the angels fell. He was bringing order to the angels. Then he's bringing order to the nations. He did a lot of very drastic, severe things, but they were all perfect. That's why you got to praise his judgments. You have to understand the Tower of Babel judgments, perfect. Days of Noah, floods, judgment, perfect. Understand the wrath of the Lamb's perfect. Sun, righteousness, Torah, flames of Shekinah fire, heaven coming to earth, the Sephirot, the Father's kingdom coming down through the sun and the moon, not just with like one fiery tongue of Isaiah 6 upon a prophet Isaiah, but like millions of fiery tongues upon every cell of human beings. That's why it says in Enoch that wrongdoing shall cease quickly. Those who go up bring heaven down. It's not coming down in the peace-loving false love that you had in the charismatic church. It's not coming down in the kumbaya crap that's out here in the Sunday school. It's coming down as sun Torah righteousness. It's going to come down as the literal Garden of Eden. It's going to come down as the realms of the archangels. It's going to come down as the throne of God the Father's throne. The throne of fire. What is written in Revelation? Now look and see. The throne of the Father is with human beings, with men, which means it had come down, now it's amongst a bunch of heathen idiots that don't believe anything in the Bible. And they're going to get burnt up, and a lot of them are going to like it because they're looking for it in drugs and every stupid thing of idolatry and sexual morality of rebellion and lust and filth and slime of the fallen angels. There is a a people here on earth that will love God forever, that like who He is, what He is. They like His creation. That's the one billion soul harvest. The people that desire to live in the fire, who can dwell in everlasting burning? Who can dwell in the fire of the Word? Who can dwell when the sun rains Torah? When the sun rains the teachings of the apostles of the Lamb. Well, it's not just light that doesn't burn up sin in your blood. Well, it's not just fallen angel light where you can just be a rebellious demon and go to church and deceive everyone around you, but we know you're a harlot. And your, your, your whole heart is connected to hell. And everything about you is fake and wrong. But your whole heart is obliterated and it will be a sovereign obliteration of all the invisible person. Apostle Paul says the same thing. In that day, all men's hearts shall be laid bare. What does it mean for everyone's hearts? All humanity's hearts will be brought to the surface and judged. Is this the coming of Jesus? No, it's the manifesting of the sons of God for creation longs for them. Why? Because it brings all the filth in the nations to the surface and burns it into the lake of fire. Amen? You can go up to Jesus in heaven anytime you want. He's in the flesh on the throne. The path is right there. The Word is the path. 
You're not separated except by your unbelief. Believe the word, you'll walk on water. Ask Peter. The water of the word, your inner man can ascend the exact amount you believe what you were taught from God already. The issue is a lot of people don't believe. A lot of people don't believe nothing God says. They just come and they're they're hearers, but they're not doers. There's no obedience. (laughs) Very little obedience in these days. Most people all doing their own thing. Individual forbidden interpretation of Scripture, exactly what Peter forbid in his epistles. Basically, every single thing the apostles warned you about in the New Testament has happened in this generation already. The only thing left to happen now is a people go up and burn them up. And burn them up with goodness. You don't burn them up with anger and frustration. You're burning them up with the Word. You know what it is? A forced sanctification of all the earth. And the base soul that you all have is the soul of the nefesh of blood. This is what's coming. This is what the days of Noah are. It's all souls of blood. Leviticus 17.11 The nefesh soul is in the blood. Which means all the nations will be consumed. Read Revelation 7. All nations are around the throne and around those who stand on the throne. And there's a company of throne room soldiers. That throne room is second heaven's conquered realms. New heavens where righteousness dwells. And there can't be any cowards amongst them because you've dealt with all the baddest dudes of hell. And the ones that are down under the sun are just opinionated idiots. They haven't done nothing except being spectators and critics. And they sit there and they just attack everyone doing everything and they've never lifted up a hammer to even help. They're even reluctant to give those that are doing all the work. Amen. And a lot of them have tried to manipulate the workers by their giving. Even through poverty, demons like Judas Iscariot. All of it be cut out of your hearts and minds and bones and marrow and obliterated like a fire. There needs to be an enthusiasm for the Father's house. What is the end result of rebellion? Returning home to Dad. When the rebellion is done in both religion and sexual morality and all the lust. You come home back to your father, that means you're beginning to live in heaven and he's training you how to live in heaven. Those that are not done with religion and rebellion have no interest in the father's house. They're content under the sun like the days of Noah, giving and taking in marriage means I'm content with the human life. I don't need this radical angelic stuff. I don't need this Kabbalah stuff. I don't need what's above the sun. Give me what's under the sun. Well, you get what's meaningless. Your life will be meaningless. Your intelligence will be shallow. You'll be carnal. All of your opinions and judgments about everything will completely oppose God the Father. Let's see how that works out for you. Right? Amen. Truth, isn't it? So I think we need a people that want to agree with the Father at the expense of their own opinions. A people not afraid to get undignified. Humility plus scholarship, which means you're always teachable, you're always learning. When a person's in school, they're always correcting the previous year. There's no correcting foreskins 
and circumcisions on rungs. What gets corrected is your thought life, your word life, your action life, your bone marrow life, your DNA life. Your existence gets entirely changed. You guys aren't even going to be the same nation. You're going to be the holy nation Israel. You know, you're going to completely transform by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12.2, metamorphosis that is written. Metamorphosis means the total obliteration of what you are now. You know, the ones that like who they are now and are content with what they are now, even their faith and their Christianity, they don't get any more of God. In fact, the part of God that they do have, they'll lose. Remember the one with one talent? One talent of God? Well, because he didn't get more talent, he didn't grow in God, and didn't invest it in God to make an increase of a harvest because they know that the master was a shrewd businessman, that he wanted an investment. He wanted a greater talent. Therefore, take that wicked servant with one talent, give the one talent to the one who has ten, and throw him into the lake of fire where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth forever. It is written. Truth in you. So we're like, instead of most of you out here, I watch you, that you'd say, well, that's not fair. Let the one with ten give the one with one another one. You're the exact opposite of God when you practice false love. That one with one was wicked of heart, but you are just seen on the outwardly. You're an antichrist. You're literally an antichrist. You oppose the ways and thoughts of God. False love is the anointing of the devil himself pretending to be Jesus. And it's everywhere amongst you. I watch you guys every day. You need to repent. Stop practicing false love. It's puke. It's feces. It's urine. It's an abomination. Who are you serving, man or God? Please the Father. Don't please men and women. Please the Father with the invisible person under your skins and you'll repent of all your false love sorceries. It's all witchcraft. It's deceiving everyone around you. That person is so on fire for God. Look at them. They're always putting hearts on everyone's messengers. Always an encouraging word. Always just doing this, doing that. When I've never seen them wield a sword once. Never said a single actual thing that's controversial towards sin or circumcisions or foreskins or membranes of of the heart to produce an actual mature one that person is a devil and you guys applaud these people down here and they're anointed by the antichrist you need to wake up oftentimes we're down here serving devils thinking we're serving god just by being nice you can't be nice you need to be the word the word is good but it's not nice to sin it's not nice to foreskins it's not nice to goats it's not nice to esau it's not nice to ishmael these people will incarcerate you with magic spells if israel jacob our forefather from whom we get salvation messiah through israel he is the messiah of israel it is written king of the jews king of israel Right on his cross, it is written. If he was nice to Esau, he would have lost his entire birthright with his brother who had already sold his soul to Samael Satan. Do you realize you people are making covenants with demons when you allow and applaud the foreskins? 
You know why you do that? Because you're demons. And your minds and your thoughts are constantly influenced by hell and not heaven. You need to say to yourself, the Lord rebuke me, Satan. You do. Oh, you're not going to do it. You know, type it in the comments. Every time you deal with that false love, you are operating as a witch. And the undiscerning and the fools, they say, oh, it's just a, a brother and sister giving an encouraging word. That brother and sister is fortifying the foreskin of the heart. They're actually fortifying Esau, hell, in your heart. That person hates you and does not love you. Anyone who loves you will attack the foreskin to bring forth the glory of the word in the heart and in the mind. These people-pleasing, lukewarm ministers out here don't care for your eternal condition. They just want your pocketbooks in life by a lukewarm teaching that the human being can listen to and not be offended by. They are the children of devils. They're false teachers, false prophets, and false apostles. They don't love you. They hate you because their father is hatred himself. The love of the devil, and the devil has a diabolical love, is the love for the foreskin of the heart. If you are ever kind to that foreskin, ever kind to that membrane, you have made a contract. Kindness to Satan is a contract with the realm of the dead. When they went into the promised land, remember when they were kind to the ones that were in there? They were nice. They were very kind to them. They said, where did you become a long distance? Oh, sign a contract with us that we may live in the land. That's the Philistine, Amalekite, demon-possessed, pagan, Canaanite gods that were able to stay in the land through false love. And they had a contract and covenant with false love, and they warred against that race to this present time. Those are the same Hamas demons blowing up Jerusalem today. Same exact offspring of those contracts and covenants of false love when Joshua and Caleb went into the promised land. By tolerating them inside the promised land, they allowed hell to remain there to this very day. If you don't deal with that stuff in your hearts and minds, you'll always be in hell. You'll always have parts of hell. You might have glimpses into glory. You might have good days, but you'll also have bad days. Why? Because you're in contract. The foreskin is a contract with hell. You don't need to sign something. You don't need to make a deal with the devil. All you got to do is keep the foreskin intact on your hearts and minds. That foreskin is the contract with the angel of death. You already got that contract. Now it's just taking up the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and removing that covenant with death and Hades in our own hearts and in our own minds and throwing it in the trash. Tell the angels, throw it in the lake of fire. Amen. Every area of my heart and soul and mind and strength that is not God's word working, the Father's will, is the enemy. So we need a people that understand the sword. Or Joel's army, Gideon's 300. Well, I tell you the truth, the sword of the Lord, the word of God, is what you need more than ever before in these times. And you need to learn how to use it. 
You need to learn how to use it on yourself like a surgical dagger, the sword of circumcision. All the angels will come with swords. These are swords of friends. If you receive the mark of the covenant, circumcision of heart and mind and bone and marrow, constantly, it's like over 280 you'll need to completely reverse the curse of the fall as you go up sapphire stones. Just like David, to purchase a soul, it took a huge bag of foreskins. It's going to take a huge bag of foreskins if you want to be champions. If you want to be flakes, it won't take any. Just go out there, do whatever you want. Anyone can do that. There's no sacrifice in that. But if you want to be champions, if you want to be soldiers, if you want to be the famous end-time Gideon's 300, Joel's army, you're going to have to present foreskins to the king. Forget Saul. Present the foreskins to Jesus. You're bringing stuff to Jesus. Look, I care more about you than the dignity of my humanity, than what my spouse thinks, my kids think, my family thinks, my culture thinks, what anyone thinks, even what I think. I care more about the Word than I care about myself. I care more about the Word and the sword, the glittering sword of the Garden of Eden. That's Jesus Christ. I care more about the sword of Jesus Christ than I do about my own life. If you have that attitude, you go all the way. At any point where there's anything more valuable than the circling sword of the Garden of Eden, Jesus Christ, you'll go into idolatry. You go into self-preservation. You go into excuses. You go into some kind of thing. Well, there's some other teachings out there. It's, it's not all this severity stuff. There's a wide path, not this narrow path. Listen, Jesus said it was like the eye of the needle. Jesus said, like a camel passing through a very, very tiny hole. Which means few can pass through it. Why? Because you have to be selfless to pass through it. The only thing that passes through it is the Word. It's like a keyhole. And the keys of the kingdom are the Word of God. You can pass through a keyhole. Like Alice in Wonderland, she had to drink to get really small to pass through the door. What are you drinking? Righteousness. Amen? Glory. You're drinking righteousness to pass through new doors you've never stepped in before. You've never been this way. You've never been this high. See, even though the brain says through the memory of the loop patterns of just circling the days instead of head of days, you just circle the days at the same elevation of days and days go by, same elevation, you need to rise up to the head of days. You need to change and repent your days and redeem the time of your days. You're not spending 23 hours on hot dogs. You're going to spend 23 hours on Bible. You're not going to spend 23 hours on any other thing or whatever you are investing your time in. You're going to invest on ascension and you're going to go up and God has other stuff up there that He wants to teach you. He wants you to come up here and learn of me, it is written. You've learned enough in the earthly. The earthly is just for diaperhood. You should only be there eight days. Then you go up into the heavens, circumcised the eighth day. So what's the first circumcision? I'm ascending. 
after eight days when you're born again, the Bible teaches that should be your first ascension of glory to glory. If it's not the case, you got demonized and that's your fault. It's not the demon's fault. You agreed with the demon. You agreed with some other lie. Something came in the air and you're like, okay, I guess I'll do that. I'll just wander around, you know, just eat grass, crawl on my belly, live under the dust. I don't know, live a human being, find something to do. Now it's time to understand what we do after we're born again. As it's written, circumcise the eighth day of what tribe? You'll know what tribe. Keep rising. There's 12 tribes. One Israel, one Father, one Jesus Christ, one Holy Spirit of us all. There's only one kingdom of the Father's sapphire stones, Isaiah 33, and it's one narrow way. And the only thing that rises is the living word in you, and it only comes in sword form. I've never seen any progress, any ascension, any resurrection, except the sword form of the word. What about the oil? That comes later. Angels will pour oil when they see it fit. What about the fire? That'll be later. When the angels see fit, they see you need any other substance from God the Father, they'll come with it. You can trust them. They know what they're doing. They've been trained for thousands and thousands of years. The best trained angels in the world are set for this time. They're all available for everyone that's serious about rising. There's a generation called the children of the resurrection. They're on earth breathing right now. God wants some of you to be the leaders. He really wants all of you. But parts of you need to be cut away. So it's I can only say some. He wants all of himself formed in you and all of you terminated and cut away and thrown in the lake of fire. God wants to damn and not save huge parts of your souls. There's not redeemable stuff. A lot of that stuff in the soul is objects of destruction. The things you cling to are usually the things he hates, detests, and wants to destroy. Because we have these strongholds where that's a, that's a thing from God. Test everything in fire. The fire of what? The fire of the sword of the Garden of Eden. The fire of Scripture. And you take that thing into the Scripture and just test it and burn it. And don't just study one translation. None of this was written in English. English does not convey 5% of the original Greek or Hebrew. It doesn't. So the way to get the maximum wisdom from English Scripture is read in many translations. Many, many, many. Don't just stick to one because not one translator is going to bring all the different translations. You're going to need to study out many. So don't have a favorite translation. Have the favorite Holy Spirit glory that comes through the Word. Understand, we read the Word to obliterate darkness in our flesh and blood. The goal of the Word is to go into the glory today. I pass that membrane, which is the membrane of death, so I'm no longer just studying in the dead letter that kills. I'm not studying to die. I'm not studying just for more intellectual knowledge and some kind of brain power. I'm studying to obliterate my brain with the power of the intelligence of Shekinah light. See, the human being that clings to self-knowledge opposes glory knowledge. Knowledge is a flaming torch of Yadevave. So the knowledge that God has is blazing starlight. Truth anyhow. 
It's an entire complex of a star system of light, and it's pure knowledge. It's like a cosmic menorah. If you settle for knowledge down here on earth, you have forfeit cosmic inheritance of angelic knowledge for all the angels are like the stars varying in brilliance and shining splendor and glory for the holy spirit comes with the glory of the angels it is written therefore we cannot settle for false knowledge you'll have to hate earthly knowledge in order to love heavenly knowledge the father's knowledge the knowledge of jesus christ the living blazing glory knowledge the torch of knowledge seven spirits blazing glory, you will have to detest the earthly. You cannot inherit the heavenly unless you detest the earthly. If you accept the earthly, oh, some of it's good. Look at all this stuff down here is good. You have just forfeit your birthright. You have just given the devil your heavens. You must value the birthright of the Father's house of sapphire stones. You must value the birthright of the Moses Torah of sun, moon, and stars. If you don't value what God created as the birthright of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the Messiah of Israel, you will have no inheritance in the kingdom of our Father. God wants you to have huge, massive treasure houses in the kingdom of your father he wants you to have all kinds of stuff like entire galaxies of wonderful amazing mind-blowing angelic stuff that's also corresponds to the natural dimension not just in the angelic dimension the angelic dimension that makes the natural dimension a new earth where righteousness dwells in the eighth week of enoch they inherit houses natural houses in the natural realm because they're conquering the angelic realm of the angelic houses when you go up eight worlds enoch promises rewards there's rewards every week those who seek yadevave must believe he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him what are these rewards all the stuff of the angels of every rung you've ascended to And as it's circumcised away, you're saying no to the inheritance of Esau, which is all the circumcisions of hell, all the birthright of hell, all the birthright of Cain and Cain's bloodline. You're saying no to all the sorceries of the fallen angels and the abilities of sin and human beings and dogs and lies and all the different things they do out here. All of the pleasures of sin, you're saying no to that. And you're saying yes to all the pleasures of righteousness. Yes to the pleasures of holiness. Yes to the pleasures of virginity. Amen? For no one can ascend the heavens unless they're as pure as virgins, it is written. Zero sexual morality. Well, how is that possible? The Word. You're sanctified by the Word. The Word restores virginity. So you're more pure than a newborn baby. You can't think with thoughts of adultery or lust. They don't exist inside your eye sockets. Lust the eyes, that's a person who doesn't read the Bible. Or at least they don't engage in Torah. For the word is probably disconnected from the path of the moon and the sun and the stars so that there's no light or energy or power behind the word. They're studying the dead letter and you wonder why they're full of secret sin and lust and sexual morality and pornography masturbation and wrongdoing everywhere 
Why do you think that is? Why is it so rampant in Christianity? They are disconnected from Shekinah. They are disconnected from Joseph's Yasad. White moon. Therefore they live in black moon. Lilith, which is a worse principality of lust than Jezebel. And anyone that's disconnected from the circumcisions of the sexual purity of Joseph on Yasad has that other side's inheritance and it will come down upon them. So it's not based on you just refraining externally. It's based on the invisible world of your spirit man, which kingdom you're tapping into. See what the angels see and don't be deceived. Your thought life is your spirit life. Where are your thoughts going throughout the day? What do you think about in your bed? What do you think about in your chair? What do you think about at work when you're driving? Where are your thoughts? That's where your spirit is. Take your spirit to the Word and purify your conscience and get all the toxic filth of the sewage of the fallen angels out of your spirit. That's what sanctification is. Get all the false love of the Antichrist out of your spirit. That's what consecration is. That's your job with your own Bible study. That's not something you just do with the preaching. The preaching imparts the anointing, so when you read the Bible, it leaps off the pages and kills sin. The anointing on the the prophet, the inspired preacher, prophet means inspired preacher, the anointing on the prophet is to make the letter of the word living, active, and energized into your senses. So now I'm not just reading a dead, boring letter. It's like, oh, a magic book. You know, Nimbus books and all Hogwarts eat your heart out. This book is leaping off the pages. It's brighter than the noonday sun. It's the light of the moon. It's the light of the sun. It's the light of the stars shining right through the scriptures, devouring my senses. Now I go into the light through the Word when I engage in Torah. Now I can use the book that came down sapphire stones to go back up into the sapphire stones when it corresponds to the angel of Shekinah and the administering angels helping you inherit salvation. And if the Word does not correspond to those realms, the person has no desire for the kingdom. To them, they just put it on the shelf and it's another religion. They probably believe that it's not the infallible Word of God. They don't believe in the prophetic. They're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. They don't even know the Holy Spirit. We didn't even hear the Holy Spirit. I've only had the baptism of John. John's baptism was the baptism of repentance. But one comes after John who baptizes in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues and fire. And the fire is what obliterates all the mutilations in the DNA. And if you want to stay on fire, you stay engaged in the living Word and you keep burning that thing up and you keep receiving the instruction. You don't wander to the left or to the right. You stay the narrow way. I don't care how much it hurts. I don't care how much it's misunderstood, how much it's persecuted. I don't care about the inconvenience. I don't care about the comfort. I care about the accuracy of the flashing sword obliterating the curse of the fall in my heart and mind and bones and marrow every day. Therefore, you're a lover of the word for the perfection of the word, which is purity. 
You read the Word because you know the Word is Jesus. You engage the Word because you want time with God. I'm going into His glory. I'm reading His Word. I'm going to go right into His presence. I'm going to allow His presence to deal with stuff in me. And it's not just always dealing with stuff. Once stuff is dealt with, He wants to hang out with you. He wants to be with you. He wants to wrap you in a glory cloud. He wants to clothe you in white linen, righteous acts. He has good works prepared for you to do. You'll never be alone. You'll be with Emmanuel, God with us, it is written. You'll have one alongside helping you, teaching you, comforting you, leading you into all truth. And if you obey Him, you'll always go from glory to glory. The Holy Spirit's equal to the Father. The Holy Spirit's equal to the Messiah. You have the fullness of the Holy Ghost down on earth. Now the issue is loving Him more than any other spirit down here. Anything in the invisible realm, I'm going to obliterate it. You can test the Holy Spirit. Confess that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. Jesus came in the flesh. Okay. <laughs> Worship the Holy Spirit. You know, one activity I did in Teen Challenge that helped me a lot, getting to know the Holy Ghost in the year 2000, he said, read the Psalms out loud. Every time it says, Lord, say Holy Spirit. Especially you that don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will introduce himself to you. He'll come, he's a person. He's a person just like you, more real than you. Mm -hmm. He's a faceless man. He'll want to live inside your body if you make room for him. He'll live right inside your skins. He's a man of light. And you know the Holy Spirit because when you read his name out loud, 2 Corinthians 3.18, the Spirit is the Lord. The Spirit is the Lord. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom from what? Humanity. From everything in human blood. In the Holy Ghost is all the blood of Jesus. In the Holy Ghost is all the living water of Jesus. In the Holy Ghost is all God the Father. In the Holy Ghost is all the Messiah, the Word of God. Now the Holy Ghost, will He will honor the Father and the Son as different persons of the Trinity for your maturity's sake. So He will not reveal all the Father down in the earthly. Why? Because He won't contradict the Word. He, he has those realms of glory to glory as different measurements of maturity already marked as a perfect school for you. It's called the school of the Word, the academy of the Word on earth. You have to learn the Word on earth. Then you go up in the Word and you become in the academy of Enoch in heaven. And in the Academy of Enoch in heaven, you begin to know the Father face to face in the fortress of sapphire stones. And it begins to burn up stuff in your head. You'll see the light so bright sometimes you won't even be able to open your eyes. As I was dealing with this world of absolute and the Holy of Holies this week, I could not see out of my right eye for two hours. I'll tell you why. I wasn't blinded. The glory was so bright I tried everything. I'd never experienced anything like this in my entire life. Freaked me out. I said, am I going blind? I mean, sunglasses on. I mean, do we need to change my contacts? What's going on? It was so much glory that everything was just total white light out of my right eye. And I'm on Hakma, dealing with Hakma, which is the right eye, the right brain. 
and the light was so bright I couldn't use my right eye. Total whiteout for two hours. I didn't even know if I'd even get my eye back. I didn't care. It was so good. The glory feels so good. The brightness of his light is so wonderful. It was so much of God. <laughs> it came back. My eye, my vision came back and then just still just totally fried through my whole brain in the Holy of Holies of the seventh world of absolute. And just that's where we're talking yesterday about the silver brain because it's just pure white silver of the wisdom of this world of absolute, the world of wisdom. Wisdom is pure silver. It's not like the silver on earth that's treated as something just common and it's way less expensive than gold or platinum or precious. Listen, one thing you'll learn real quick, human beings are wrong about everything. Human beings are literally backwards about every single thing under the sun as it's written. Above the sun, silver is the value of the mind of Christ. I mean, it's a perfect white brain. And the brain just emanates wisdom, pure wisdom, peace-loving wisdom, pure Shekinah. It's a perfect conductor of all the glory light of God. I thought, well, isn't the the brain going to be gemstone? Maybe in some future world, I don't know, but I'm experiencing silver in the world of wisdom. And the brain's turning silver. And all kinds of everything turning silver. As a, and it's not just a dull silver. It's divine silver. It's silver in its original form with no curse of the fall. And it's spiritual physical. It's spiritual physical. Both at the same time. Effortlessly. That's how God created the heavens. That's how He's going to recreate the earth. It would be perfectly spiritual and perfectly natural. At the same time, effortless with no double-mindedness or not even confusion about it. For That's how everyone lives in heaven already, above ten weeks, where sin is no longer mentioned. Several people there already in the flesh. Where did the resurrected ones go when Jesus resurrected? Over 400 saints of old wandering around Israel, the Bible says it. They ascended right up into heaven. The first resurrection was the saints of the Old Testament, Joseph, instructions about his bones to bring him into Jerusalem, get him as close to the spot of the tomb where he was going to be resurrected as possible. Why? He's going up too. You understand the prophets in the Old Testament knew that? That's the promise of Mashiach, is that we're going to conquer death. I mean, there's no death in the Word, is there? Unless it's dead letter. What's the difference between the Word that's resurrection life? One's Jesus one Satan. Make sure you're not studying Satan. Amen? Amen? Don't study the devil. Study the living word. You want that light, that life, that fire, that angelic energy. I mean, that's all alive. It's all interactive. If a person's not being glorified in their personality and they're not being sweetened up and they're just always sour and they have no personality and their, their character qualities are always just shrinking and it's just human filth, That person has never engaged in the living word. The living word is animated with life. Extrovert? Yeah, out of your belly will flow rivers. Extrovert rivers. But that's just not my personality type. You don't even know who you are, buckwheat. You're dead in sin right now. You'll become a resurrected one and outflowing of the resurrection in the days to come if you walk with the champions of Israel. God has a new personality for you. The hope of a glorified personality, it is written. 
You are not set in stone in that fallen DNA. That is not your destiny. That is not your calling. That is not even your toolkit in life. The toolkit in life are the elements of Jesus Christ that we're learning how to use progressively with our spirit. Everything else is shifting sand. Don't cling to the shifting sand of you. Don't cling to the shifting sand of your blood and your brain and your humanity. That's a guaranteed forfeit of destiny. You cling to the eternal tools of the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the blood of God, the water of God, the hammer of God, the angels of God, the rungs of Jacob's ladder of Yadevave God, and you allow Him to change you, rearrange you, and make you something new like clay in the potter's hands every day. And we will no longer resist the Holy Spirit, our master potter, trying to change our humanity, which is clay, into something we disagree with, something that's uncomfortable to my cultural norms. Well, your traditions are nullifying the power of God, buckwheat, and you're not going to be in buckwheat army much longer. We can see that. You don't even like God because he's trying to change you and you're clinging to the grave clothes. You're going to burn out. There's no chance of success for a person like that. You have to count the cost before you go to war. Go into war against what? Humanity 666. Humanity 666. That's what you're going to war against. Your own humanity. And if you're not willing to finish the war, the devil is willing to finish you. Type that down. If you're not willing to finish the war, the devil is willing to finish you. And he will because you stopped going further. Anyone that settles for a lesser degree of God's glory other than beyond 10 weeks has done so by the agreement with the angel of death. Most of them do it under the sun just through bad teaching. They don't know any righteousness. They're not shining like the stars in the heavens forever. They didn't have prophets around. So there's a lot of ignorance. There's a lot of immaturity. All of that will be obliterated in these days. You'll have exactly whatever you want in these days. And you'd be shocked how few Christians actually want God. How few Christians actually want Jesus Christ, the risen one. So, don't even worry about the ones that are not going to go all the way. You make a determination in your heart that I will walk with Him further every day, no matter what, no matter who's doing it around me. You must come to this conclusion. I will continue to walk with the Master when it's inconvenient, when it's persecuted, when it's misunderstood, when it's not cool, when it's not fashionable, when it's not comfortable, when people are trying to pressure me and that great tribulation of pressure is upon me to be conformed to any other image. I will choose the image of the circling sword, the Garden of Eden, Yarevave. I will choose the image bearing of the divine body of sapphire stones. They can attack the sapphire stones as much as they want. I'm not going to budge. There's a righteous stubbornness that doesn't bow to the lying demon. There's a righteous stubbornness that doesn't bow to unholiness or uncleanness that doesn't bow to humans, that doesn't bow to men and women. They said, oh, we are the children of Abraham. Jesus said, no, you're not. You're the children of Satan. Read the Bible. That's what he said. He would not bow to those who claim to be Israelites 
Oh, but they went to synagogue and they had the DNA. Jesus said, don't matter. Didn't matter that they had the Jewish DNA. Didn't matter that they went to synagogue. What mattered was the condition of their hearts, whether they were clean or unclean. Their interpretation of Torah was garbage. Who's a liar? God or fallen human beings interpreting God's word? I think fallen human beings. I put all my money on God 100% of the time. Human beings, they'll mess it up, they'll screw it up, they'll interpret it selfishly, they'll let the demons in, the demons start running the church within 15 minutes. You've seen it a thousand times already. But God is going to raise the standard of the fire of His Word in these days that the standard will come down from the sun and the moon and shepherd everyone through rays of light. That's written now. Soon it is written. Soon the sun, S-U-N, of righteousness shall rise with healing in His beams. This healing of the nations, this healing of DNA, this healing of bloodlines, this healing of humanity will come from one place. Sun righteousness of Torah. Torah, sun, righteousness, realities. And the sun will obliterate any other wicked interpretation of the Bible. It'll obliterate death. You know what the demons are scared of? You getting into Torah, Scripture, the wisdom of Moses, so deeply that you begin to possess the house through Messiah. That's the devil's worst nightmare. Guess what? We're making the devil's worst nightmare come true in Red Letter Ministries. RLM TV is dedicated to hurting the devil's feelings every day, professionally. Just ruin everything he plans to do. Ruin the Tower of Babel. Ruin the deep state's plans ruining the rigged elections, ruining all the stupid stuff and garbage they want to do to incarcerate, all the increasing of taxes, the ruining and the taking away of uh, the value of your money so you have to work more for less money. I mean, they're all Egyptian sorcerers. So if you read the Bible, that's what these lying warlock demons of Cain, Ishmael, and Esau and Rome of fake demon Christianity are doing in the world. And it's all marked for slaughter by those who rise and get sun-sealed in the bridegroom's chambers and start raining down the Word of God through their hearts, their souls, their minds, their bones, and their marrow, obliterating all wrongdoing in all the earth. There's not going to be wrongdoers and rightdoers and we're separated. The Bible says the earth will be entirely given to the meek. The meek shall inherit the earth. That there won't be any other type of person down here. Why? You'll look for death. You'll look for the wicked and not find them. It's written in Revelation. I know a lot of you don't have faith for it, but what I'm experiencing up here in the Sephirot, in the seventh world, I have faith for it now. I can see how the Word of God is going to come down like the rain of liquid lightning from the sun and the moon and rain through all the air, obliterate the prince of the power of the air, and rain through all flesh. The coming of the Holy Spirit, I will pour out my spirit in all flesh, is a progressive intensification of Shekinah glory to the point where no shadows and no sin can exist at an elemental DNA level. It'll obliterate hell out of the whole earth and it will take hell out of the earth and it will throw it under the earth 
into a dead sea, a lake of fire. It's written, hell will be uprooted from the earth by the fire of sun righteousness Torah and it will be thrown at a DNA level out of all the earth, out of all the sky, out of all the clouds, out of all the trees, out of all the nations, and out of all plants and minerals into the lake of fire. Then we shall have new earth. Then we can look around and see who actually loves God. They'll be the only ones standing. Everyone else will be obliterated by the word. Why? Because their souls clung to the shadows in disagreement to the word when it was coming down from sun and moon. So since there is a resistance to that measurement of the power of the Holy Spirit, they will be stripped out of their bodies and the demon and the soul in covenant with the demon, the human soul and the evil spirit will both go down together into the lake of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth forever. So your job is to get clean and clear of all the attachments of the worldly, of all sexual morality, of all religion, and of all the occult, and of all the circumcisions. Your job is to get all of those out of you. So when the glory comes, it doesn't obliterate you with the things you're holding on to. Because the spirit behind the things you're holding on to will be judged. The only issue is, will you be judged with it? Will you go down with that demon? Will you go down with that altar? Will you go down with that sin? As it's written, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Are you going to be removed from the world like the days of Noah, where the righteous inherited the earth through water and the wicked were obliterated off the world, off world, no longer on the earth, obliterated off the earth, obliterated in the heavens and the earth in physical water in those days, today in the waters of the Word of God at a level of star power, glory, light, most Christians can't even fathom right now. But it is coming down the path of lightnings. This is how judgment comes in these days. There is no place to hide from the reign of fire Torah. There is no place to hide from the reign of the twelve apostles of the Lamb's teaching that will reign through sun and moon and earth. It will go through every atom and molecule of moisture in the air, of blood in the bone, every element of your periodic table. It will pass through it, stripping the elements of sin and death and hell and wrongdoing and lies. And they will all go down by the truth of the living Word of God in the coming days quickly. It'll come down because the people are finally going up. And the more that go up, the more the fire of the Word of God comes down through stars and sun and moon and obliterates all the lies in all flesh and blood working sin in all nations. And that is the end of the matter. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you tomorrow. Glory. If you'd like to support this ministry, give a love offering, click the links in the description. Bless you as you give.
Victory! 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 Victory!